0: Could the Colts be making a move for a new safety early in the draft? Does Jacoby Brissett still have a future with the team? Those questions and more answered. Stay tuned You're listening to listen to Jack's scouting report. Noon Colts fans. My name is Jack McGrath. I'll be the host of Jack's Scouting Report going forward. Um, I'd like to give just a brief introduction on myself and what I'm trying to do uh, with these podcasts. Um, I'm from Indiana, grew up in Indy, huge, huge Colts fan, huge Pacers fan, just a huge sports fan across the board. Growing up, I was always kind of known as as the sports guy at school, loved basketball, football, baseball, golf, um, definitely soccer. Spent five years in Germany all through high school, um, so huge soccer fan. Moving forward, I'm going to try and put together a series of 10 podcasts all centered around the Colts, you know, going towards the the start of training camp. It'll be over these next 10 weeks. Today, we're going to do a, a, a pre-draft podcast just talking about what the Colts might be thinking about going into next Thursday's draft, um, but we're going to try and get creative um, and put out some different content, talk about all things Colts, um, so I really appreciate everyone listening, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Jacks Sports Indie. Yesterday, Chris Ballard had a, uh, a 25-minute press conference where he fielded some questions from the local indie media. Um, you know, for not giving a lot of definitive answers, it sure is nice listening to Chris Ballard. Um, he's a great talker. Um, obviously, he doesn't want to tip his cap and, and say, you know, who the Colts are thinking about going into next Thursday. Um, but he did give a lot of a lot of great tidbits of information, not only about the draft, but just about the team, um, some of the guys that, that were brought in the last month through through uh, free agency. One of the things I thought was most interesting was he, he still spoke pretty glowingly of Jacoby Brissett um, and said that, you know, next year, obviously, Phillip Rivers is a bet. We're not sure if he'll make it past a season with the Colts. Um, he kind of made it sound like... Jacoby could still be part of the team's plans. Um, I do not see that happening, personally. I don't think that you can um, go out and get Phillip Rivers after all last year saying, oh, Jacoby Brissett's our guy for the future. I'm not sure. I haven't seen Jacoby say anything in the offseason, but I would assume that he won't be a day one starter for the Colts um, in 2021, certainly not in 2020, unless Phillip Rivers gets hurt. So I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. Um, another interesting bit that he that he talked about was Malik Hooker and the team's thought process um, when deciding to pick up his his fifth year option, which is a team option. This is something I'll talk about a little bit later on um, when we go through the draft. But from my standpoint, you know, I'm a little perplexed as to why the Colts haven't already picked up Malik Hooker's fifth year option. Um, He'll be on the roster this season, obviously. You know, the Colts spent the 15th pick on him three years ago, his first season. Played really well his first seven games, tore his ACL, um, and was done for the rest of the year. The last two years, he's played—he started 13 games. Um, Obviously, he missed that crucial playoff game against the Chiefs that the Colts lost back in 2019, um, the 2018-19 divisional round. Um, I love Malik Cooker. You know, I think he's a ball hawk. Um, Obviously— he's missed 15 games his career already based on the fact that they spent the 15th pick on him. And when he's been on the field, I think he's, he's added a lot to the defense. Um, I'd be really shocked if the Colts decided not to bring him back and Ballard said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that after the draft, which I thought was a little bit interesting. You know, it's like, why not just get it done right now? And it leads me to to believe that there could be some questions around safety. Um, you know, maybe if Grant pits on the, On the board at 34, the Colts might try and grab him um, and then move Malik Hooker and try and stack up some more assets. So I don't know. We'll see on that one. A couple other things he talked about in the draft. Um, Obviously, how many good wide receivers there are on the board. He says he's going to take the most talented guy. Um, He also talked about shipping the 13th pick to San Francisco for DeForest Buckner. Um, You know, the media was asking him how hard was that decision. He said it was a no-brainer. He loves DeForest Buckner. Um, I love DeForest Buckner too. Um, I hadn't seen a lot of his film uh, prior to the playoffs, but you know, six seven, two hundred eighty-seven pounds, totally clogs up the middle and uh, played well in the Super Bowl as well. That's something Chris Ballard talked about yesterday. You know, personally, I'm a big fan of of a couple of the receivers um, who I'll talk about a little bit later. But I would have loved to see us use that thirteenth pick on a receiver. And that's not always been the best strategy um, for NFL teams. You see a lot of guys go high and then just never pan out. Charles Rogers, um, Corey Clement, a couple names that come to mind. So all in all, um, a really informative press conference from Chris Ballard yesterday. Enjoyed it. Um, Just to give a brief recap on the Colts and and what they did in free agency last month. Um, Obviously, the big name signing was Phillip Rivers. They brought him in on a one-year $25 million deal. Um, he'll be their guy for 2020 if he can stay healthy through training camp. I know a lot of people are worried that um, Rivers had a terrible season with the Chargers last year, Um, definitely numbers-wise. I feel like if he can be a game manager and the Colts can run the ball with Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, you know, 35, 40 times a game and ask Rivers to be more of a game manager – um, I think he could get the job done. But that being said, um, you know, his body's worn down. He's been in the league for, for a decade and a half now, um, more than that even. So we'll we'll see if his body holds up, um, and we'll see if, if Jacoby Brissett might get back out there next year, um, which would be funny. Obviously, bringing in DeForest Buckner, a huge move, really solidifies that Colts front four. Um, alongside guys like Justin Houston, Danico Autry, Kamoko Ture is, is definitely a favorite of mine. Um, he went down in uh, the Colts' win against the Chiefs last year, a huge win, put him to 5-2. and two, um, But losing Ture to a broken ankle really changed the complexion of that pass rush. Um, so getting him back and, and putting him on the line next to, uh, next to DeForest Buckner, um, you know, it creates a scary defense for the Colts, and that's something that, um, as a team with a rich history of, of strong quarterbacks the last 20 years, um, defense has never really been the Colts' strong suit. So with the front seven they've built, even the secondary, um, it, it gives Colts fans a lot to look forward to. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, cornerback from Minnesota, uh, Florida State product, he, he's a vet, he's been in the league. Um, you know, four or five elite seasons with the Vikings. His first four or five years, last year really trailed off um, and struggled in the postseason um, against the Saints and against the Niners. So it'll be interesting to see Rhodes line up um, opposite Rakusan, who's a guy like uh, he'll be a second-year player out of Temple. Really struggled last year, uh, got picked on by opposing quarterbacks, drew a ton of flags. Um, but I'm I'm excited for year two of Rock. Um, and it'll be great for for him to to get a mentor like Xavier Rhodes. Um, low risk, uh, potential for high reward on the Rhodes acquisition. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, another huge uh, decision that was made for the Colts in the off was Anthony Costanzo deciding to come back. Um, not just for you know the purposes of of making sure that offensive line is still as strong as it has been the last two years. But just in terms of leadership, um, Costanzo has been around in Indy uh, for a while, obviously, all throughout the, the Andrew Luck years. Um, and so it's, it's great that he came back. He was considering retirement. Um, so great to have Costanzo back. And then another guy, Sheldon Day, another defensive lineman from, uh, from San Francisco, hoping him be more of a rotational guy, um, but still good to have another big body on the line. So the NFL draft uh, is five days away, Thursday. We're recording this on Saturday afternoon. Um, It was supposed to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be virtual this year. Um, It'll be coming live from from Roger Goodell's basement. So that will be interesting, to say the least. Um, As far as the Colts' needs, you know, there's been a lot of talk about wide receiver. Um, Injuries decimated the wide receiving core last season. Devin Funches was a nice free agent pickup that the Colts took a chance on, gave him a one-year deal. Um, big body, 6'5", uh, 6'6", six, 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 and he went down with a, a broken collarbone in week one and didn't play for the rest of the season. So right off the bat, they got hit hard. T.Y. Hilton struggled with injury all year. Paris Campbell, um, speedster from Ohio State, who they took in the second round last year. He went down, um, I think, with a lower leg injury and missed 14 games. Um, So that was a huge miss. Um, Another position the Colts are talking about, obviously, is quarterback for the future. Um, Chris Ballard, during that press conference yesterday, was really stressing that the Colts, you know, they're going to wait for the right guy. Um, Maybe he's in this draft. We'll talk about a couple of the guys they might look at, um, but they're not going to force it. And, you know, as I said earlier, Chris Ballard still likes Jacoby Brissett, so, you know, it's like they like either of these guys um more than Jacoby Brissett I'm not sure to be honest um I'd even be inclined to say no um another position running back obviously Marlon Mack's coming up on the fourth year of his rookie contract um I would love for the Colts to re-sign Marlon Mack I think he's a smart runner struggled with injury a little bit throughout his career um, his first three seasons in Indy but I just love the way he runs um and I'd be I'd be thrilled if, if Marlon had a long stay in Indy. Um, some cover in the secondary, potentially cover on the offensive line and the defensive line. Um, and then kicker. Kicker, as far as priorities go, um, you know, maybe the Colts use a late round pick on a kicker or they try and sign some guys before training camp and, and rotate them out, see, who's, see who the best bet would be. Um, Ballard stressed yesterday that he is going to take the best player available. Um, the best talent available, the guy who's highest on their board who's still available. So while a lot of fans might think, okay, you know, the Colts need a, a second receiver opposite T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, if there's a crazy, talented offensive lineman there at 34, um, don't be surprised to, to see the Colts pull the trigger on him. They're going to go with with the best player available. Um, going over the picks that they have, obviously they ship that first round 13th pick, out to San Francisco, um, the Colts are looking at two second-round picks at 34 and 44, a third-round pick at 75, a fourth-rounder at 122, a fifth-rounder at 160, and then a trio of six-round picks, 185, 193, and 211. Um, Chris Ballard said yesterday you know, he wishes he had more picks, so we'll, we'll see if if he might be wheeling and dealing on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um to try and stockpile some more picks. Maybe not even now, but for the future. Um, we've seen him trade down uh, multiple times in the draft. Um, so don't be surprised to, to see it happen again. Um, looking at some of the players who the Colts are thinking of right now or who have at least been attached to the Colts in conversation, um, going back to the quarterback position, I think there are two guys who could potentially be on the Colts' radar. That's Jordan Love from Utah State and Jacob Eason from Washington. Um, I've heard Love's name um, being mentioned more, and it might be difficult for the Colts to even land him because there's been talk that the Patriots might try and get him at the end of round one. Um, There's been talk that the Saints might think about him um, with Drew Brees coming towards the end of his career. So... You know, if the Colts want to look at Jordan Love, they may have to move up into the first round, um, and I don't see that happening, personally. Um, I think if you've got a guy like Jacoby Brissett, they might roll with him um, rather than a youngster from Utah State who threw 17 picks against 20 touchdowns last year. Um, I like Jordan Love. He's 6'4", 225, um, big playability, a lot of arm strength good running out of the pocket when he's forced to use his legs he's able to do that kind of draw some comparisons to Russell Wilson um, just body wise so he might be worth a worth a look at the end of round one if he's still on the board at 34 that would be interesting um, but I, I haven't heard his name um, being brought up enough within local Indianapolis media outlets um, to make me think that the Colts would, would trade up for him um, the other guy, Jacob Eason, Washington, he's 6'6", 227, th- 23 TDs against eight picks last year. You know, I- I'm not sure that, that the Colts like him more than Jacoby Brissett. Body-wise, they're similar, but, uh, you know, Pac-12, not the strongest competition um, in the NCAA. Um, Jacob Eason would probably fall more towards mid to late second round even going into the third round. Um, and there's not a whole lot of excitement around him, definitely not when compared to uh, Jordan Love. Obviously, the other quarterbacks in the draft, Tua Tagovailoa, you know, maybe if the Colts kept that 13th round pick, they could have packaged that with some other assets and moved up to try and get him um, mm-hmm. once they traded that pick. That kind of went out the window. Justin Herbert from Oregon, another guy who's been talked about going as early as top 10. Don't see the Colts making a move for him either, um, although he did play very well in that Rose Bowl game against uh, against Wisconsin. Listening to Ballard talk yesterday, I don't think the Colts will find their their quarterback of the future in this draft. Um, but stranger things have happened, so who knows? My personal prediction in the, the cast of players who I'll go through now um, at 34 are the wide receivers. Um, there are a couple of wide receivers who I think are a little better than, than the rest in terms of what we would find at 34. T. Higgins, another Clemson wide receiver. Obviously, Clemson's a wide receiver factory. Um, you think of Mike Williams, you think of DeAndre Hopkins, Martavis Bryant, uh, Sammy Watkins, even played a part on that Chiefs Super Bowl roster last season. You know, other guys too, Martavis Scott, and that's a guy who's, who's currently on the Colts roster and he, he just hasn't panned out as well as people thought. So, you know, it goes back to the whole argument of, when do you take wide receivers in the draft? Um, most of the time, it's a safer bet waiting until round three or four. But, you know, they're those special guys who make it happen. Julio Jones, obviously, Amari Cooper, two Alabama guys who went super high, you know, organization changing players. I like T. Higgins a lot. He's got a big body, 6'3, 218. Speed wise, he ran a 4.5.4. Um, so definitely some guys who are a lot faster than that on the board. Um, but I liked. I liked how he played when I watched him last year, Um, and I do like his size, especially for the Colts, who need a a big, strong, tall wide receiver, um, who they can throw it up to in the back of the end zone. He's my personal prediction for 34. Um, I'd love it, obviously. It's difficult um, making these kind of predictions because there are so many players out there, and you never know what the organization's thinking. Um, Some other guys to look at, Denzel Mims out of Baylor, 6'3", 216, a little faster than Higgins, um, ran a 4.38 at the Combine. I like him a lot, so I'd like to, that, you know, that'd be an interesting look at uh, at 34. Now, he's been talked about going as high as, uh, you know, a late first-round guy, 26, 27, so we'll see on him. Jalen Rager, wide receiver out of TCU, um, definitely smaller at 5'11", 194 pounds. He's got 4'4 speed, um, and he's actually the son of Colts defensive tackle Amante Rager. Uh, who was on that Super Bowl squad back in 06, 07. So that'd be kind of fun to see him. Um, He's a speedster, and I'm not sure the Colts would want to pair him with guys like T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, who are very similar. Um, I know the Colts are still super high on Paris Campbell, as am I. Um, So don't think Jalen Rager... uh, would be making his way to Indianapolis. Some other guys, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. He's 6'4", 220, ran a 4.52. Um, his name's been been brought up recently, um, attached to the Colts. Um, LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. He's 6'2", 220, 4.58 speed. Um, a big playmaker at Colorado. Um, people have talked about him anywhere from late round one to, uh, to late second round. Um, another guy out of the Pac-12, Brandon Ayuk, 6'1", 206 pounds, out of Arizona State. Um, made a lot of explosive plays. Uh, I think he had 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, somewhere around 65 catches. Um, haven't seen as much of him, but he could be worth a look. Um, as far as running back goes, you know, if the Colts do decide to to move on from Marlon Mack after his contract expires, Jonathan Taylor is certainly worth a look. Um, the only thing that worries me about him, you know, he ran the ball 926 times in his three years at Wisconsin, put up incredible numbers, uh, ran for 2,000 yards both his last two seasons, close to 6,200 yards on the whole for his career. Um, so he might be interesting. Um, if I'm making predictions, I'll say the Colts go with T. Higgins at 34. So the top five day one starters. Um, who I just love after having watched a lot of college football last season. Um, I moved down to Texas uh, last June. was never a huge college football fan, um, but obviously college football is just a massive part of the culture in Texas. Watched a lot of Big 12, watched a lot of SEC. Um, so, you know, there are some guys who, who stood out to me throughout the year, starting with Grant Delpit, safety out at LSU, 6'3", 203 pounds, 65 tackles, two picks last year. Um, I bring him up just because of what we talked about earlier um, with Malik Hooker and his extension, rather his team option being talked about. The Colts haven't picked it up yet, um, which to me is shocking. But if, if they haven't picked it up yet, you know, I'm thinking they might potentially be looking at a guy like Delpit. Early on, you know, six months ago, he was projected to go top 10 in this year's draft. Now he's more late first round, early second round. He's got good size at safety, 6'3", a hard hitter. His his tackling form has been questioned throughout his college career. Um, I don't think that'll be a huge issue for him. I think he'll adapt well to the physicality of the NFL. Um, and I think he, he would be a great addition for, for any defense. So he's one guy, um, if I'm thinking the Colts make... A surprise move in the draft, at thirty four, maybe they go with Grant Delpit. and you know what would that mean for Malik Hooker? So, so we'll see about that. Um, but Grant Delpit's a guy, a guy who I like. Another one of his teammates at LSU, another guy who I love, Patrick Queen, linebacker, out of LSU, ran a four five at the combine in Indy. Um, good size at 6'1", 227. He's super athletic, um, and I know that. Um, he's been brought up going to the Saints. He would be an interesting partner next to DeMario Davis. Um, So I really love Patrick Queen. Uh, My two favorite guys in the draft, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. C.D. Lamb coming from Oklahoma and Jerry Judy coming from Alabama. Um, Two different kinds of wide receivers, but both just big play guys throughout their career. Um, Jerry Judy won the Blitnikoff Award in 2018-19. Which was crazy because nobody was even talking about him at the beginning of the season. Um, he's got four four six speed, the best route runner in the draft by mile, um, and you know his numbers were impressive throughout his career. Given that he's got Henry Ruggs the third, who's another big name in this year's draft, speedster out of Alabama, um, Jalen Waddle, and Devonte Smith. You know Jerry Judy. It's like how do you even rank those four guys? Personally, I'd go with Judy at the top, um, but you can make the case for any of them. Um, I think Judy will be a star in the league. And I know he's been brought up going to the Oakland Raiders um, at 12, I believe. So that could be interesting. CeeDee Lamb, another star wide receiver in the draft. Um, He's most people's number two behind Judy, although some people have elevated him to the best receiver in the draft. Um, I could see him going to Arizona, being reunited with his old quarterback, Kyler Murray. Um, pretty crazy to think that at, uh, at Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb's three quarterbacks were Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts, and he made it to the college football playoffs with all three. Um, great numbers last year, 62 catches, 1,300 yards, 14 TDs, um, super, super physical at the line, very aggressive with defensive backs. Um, I think he'll be a, a day one starter, um, excuse me, a day one star player in the NFL, um, and, and would like to see him go to, uh, to Arizona, um, learn from Larry Fitz and, uh, and be reunited with, with Kyler Murray. He's a guy I love. And then the last guy who I really like, um, one of CD Lamb's teammates at Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray, um, Kenneth Murray is a middle linebacker, crazy size, 6'2", 243 pounds, you know, almost as fast as Patrick Queen, uh, Patrick Queen, excuse me, ran a 4.52 at the Combine. Um, he's been talked about going to the Eagles um, in the early 20s in the first round. Um, I'm super high on him, and uh, he's a name to look out for. Um, you know, to wrap it all up, what to expect in the draft? Um, expect the unexpected, obviously. We never know how these things are going to pan out. You know, looking back through through Colts drafts, you know, within the last decade, I remember we took Philip Dorsett um, at the end of round one. And he wasn't even the name I saw within the first 50 picks on most mock drafts. Um, Obviously, Ryan Grigson was the GM back then. Um, I want to stress I have full confidence in in Chris Ballard. He's done a great job the last couple of years. He's gotten really unlucky, um, you know, with the Andrew Luck retirement. And and so I'm confident with him uh, going forward, calling the shots. Um, And I'm sure he'll get some good players. If I had to make one last prediction on who the Colts would go with at 34, um, I'll stick with T. Higgins Grant Delpit, you know, that would be really interesting, but that would be, that would be a, a really big surprise um, something that's fun to think about, but uh, don't expect it. So 34 I'll go with the Colts taking T. Higgins and then at 44 um, I'll say the Colts go with, with Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin So thanks for listening today we'll be back next week with a post-draft wrap-up going through who the Colts got how they might factor into the team, and what to expect going on throughout the offseason. So this is Jack McGrath signing off. Thanks, everyone.